In a world where women continue to break through glass ceilings, shatter stereotypes and redefine success, there are so many stories just waiting to be heard. And that is exactly what this podcast is all about. I'm your host, Katie Williams, and in each episode, we'll sit down together with inspiring female entrepreneurs from diverse industries, backgrounds and stages of their journey. We'll explore the lessons they've learned, the obstacles they've overcome and the advice they have for those who might be ready to take a leap of their own. I cannot wait to dive into the day-to-day realities of running a business, often while juggling other roles like being a mum or working multiple jobs. You can expect honest conversations, valuable advice and a whole lot of inspiration. So grab yourself a cuppa and let's get into it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Small Biz Society, the podcast. I am joined today by the lovely Natalie. Would you like to start by introducing yourself to us and telling us a little bit about what you do? Sure, thank you. Um, So yeah, I'm Natalie. I run uh, The Fixer, which is a customer journey um, and systems consulting business. I have been doing this now for about three years. Um, It was probably born out of the fact that I was, um, so I've spent 13 years working in the corporate world. Yeah. Um, Still do work in the corporate world. Um, Processing lots of, um, running a team of six, I should say, processing lots of customer orders, um, multi-million pounds worth of orders. And so there was always things at the front end of the business that needed to be streamlined um, and improved so that the customers got the most out of their experience with us, um, especially with the the amount of money they were spending. So I spent quite a lot of time um, by accident really looking at that process and how we could improve things in the corporate world to bring in more money and make sure that that those clients were coming back on a regular basis. And... um, it can be a bit frustrating in the corporate world though because um naturally like when you're going through business transformation there is lots of things that do change and there's yeah. lots of things people talk about changing that never actually change <laughs> never filters down it kind of all just stays the same um and I'm the kind of person that just likes to get stuff done I nearly swore then I won't do that um don't worry too much I think I'm <laughs> I may have sworn once or twice before on there. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just like to get stuff done. Um, so I find that element of it quite frustrating. Um, Post-COVID, I um, realised that there was definitely a gap in the market with small business. Okay. Um, so I started off, um, I think we were just saying as a virtual assistant, God, five years ago now, six years ago, maybe. Um, at a time when I thought there was a chance I might be made redundant in my full-time role right and that didn't happen so then I was juggling both Um, and that then quickly progressed from being a virtual assistant business to being a customer journey strategy and systems business Um, like I said because um, I'd seen that there was a gap in the market post-covid the playing field that small businesses are working on now has evolved so much post-covid everybody when covid happened had to make a switch to being able to sell their products and do everything they needed to do online yeah and that completely changed the landscape for how businesses operate yeah, yeah. absolutely 
but it also makes it different it also makes it really difficult for businesses to stand out against other businesses in such a crowded online space yeah and I think so, so not only did businesses take a hit I think from that perspective well as well as many others during COVID but it took a hit as well from the um point of view that customer loyalty wasn't really a thing anymore yeah. you know there's that instant now isn't there wherever you can get it the quickest and the cheapest and absolutely um, yeah so um but I say customer loyalty um isn't the same anymore but neither is a customer experience neither is a customer experience put my teeth in businesses now online and not delivering the same kind of customer service that will help their businesses to really stand out um and that's what I do basically so I go into people's businesses I help them create amazing customer journeys yeah uh, that means that they um, have good client retention more profit can scale with ease and then there's so many things that come off the back of that because there's you know this stuff affects everybody in business whether you're somebody who's just starting out whether you're um somebody that's I see it quite a lot with people that have just come off the back of masterminds and big courses and then they've got all of these actions and are completely overwhelmed with them all yeah start and um the next level I say is see it at is people that are running six figure businesses that um are ready to scale and take on staff and they just can't they're usually that busy in the businesses they can't unpick all that stuff they haven't got the time to train staff onboard them do processes and all of that kind of stuff okay so you help at sort of both ends of the scale those that are you know solely on their own to obviously not big corporates but people that are making making enough money and being able to scale and employ people yeah um and it all it bridges the thing with customer journey mapping um, and when you get down to looking at your tools and systems is it quite often helps people bridge that gap between employing people and still doing things on your own for a little while. So yeah, quite a lot of my clients come to me and they are nervous. They're ready to take on staff. Like they physically haven't got the hours in the day to take on more clients without having a VA or somebody working in the business. Yeah. Um, but they're nervous about letting go of control like oh yeah I can imagine you know what it's like it's your baby isn't it it's not going to do it the same way you've done it oh exactly and yeah I I can yeah I can definitely I'm not at that point but I could definitely imagine yeah feeling that way that way yeah it's it can be a lot um so and so for some companies there's and businesses that there's absolutely no way around it. Like they have to take on staff. Like they're just at that point in time where they've got no other option. Some people I speak to just haven't got enough automation in the business. Okay. You know, and I think when people think of automation, especially now like as AI and stuff's coming in, like and I think they think about like this whole loss of personalization. But it doesn't, if it's done the right way, it doesn't have to mean any of those things. Like there's so much you can do now that just automate. When I'm talking about automation, I'm talking about like your backend processes. I was going to say, can we talk a little bit about automation? Because I know a bit about it from, you know, courses and things I've done. But I imagine there's probably a lot of people that will listen to this that don't know 
that mm-hmm. sort of area. So yeah, if we can just in in sort of layman's terms, is that the right wording? Yeah, yeah, we could. Yeah, I like layman's terms. That I can definitely do. <laughs> um, okay, so automation. Um, automation to me means having my time back. That's um, that's what it meant. What we all want. <laughs> yeah, that's what it meant for me in business when. Um, so I'm a. I'm also. A, I mean, I work with many tools and systems. I outsource a lot of my tools and systems stuff as well, to be honest with you, because you can't be an expert in everything. So yeah. I work personally with systems, CRMs, those kinds of systems. So I work very closely with Dubsado, Go High Level, um, and a few others. But um, and then I have a team of people that I outsource a lot of stuff to, depending on what people need help with within their customer journeys. But coming back to automation. If I take Dubsado as an example, so when you um, first get a lead in, yeah, if we're like, if we're talking about your business for a minute, so um, and I'm completely making this up because I don't know how your leads come in, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so wherever they come from, you might then have a call, or you might fill in a form, which pings into your inbox. Let's go with the form, um, and then sits there waiting for you to pick it up and review it yeah and um, if you have a call then again that might come into your inbox and then he's sat there waiting for you to send a calendar link or however it is that you booked your calls and then you know you go through the process of having your call you back and forth with your form to find a date and appointment etc um and then you have to raise an invoice yeah maybe have a proposal get a contract and a lot of businesses have all of these things in different places so typically when I go into a business and I look at it especially with the smaller businesses they're using things like Calendly to book the calls they've got signable for the contracts the voices are in zero or QuickBooks or wherever you stripe wherever you keep them your proposals are usually on a Google Doc somewhere and your email templates are probably on a different Google Doc in another folder somewhere (laughs) else And so onboarding a client can be a real manual task that you've got to find time for. You've got to sit down and have that hour in your day where you go, right, okay, so this leads come from here. They need X, Y, and Z, which means I need to send them a contract, an invoice, a proposal, whatever it is that they need. That would, back in the day, have taken up probably half a day for me, like depending on how many leads I had come in because I'd store them up and try and do all in one sitting. The first problem with that is your leads end up sat there for a couple of days. Gives the impression you're not really that bothered. They've moved on. They've, they've tried somebody else. Like Yeah, definitely. Um, especially in that online world, like it needs to be reactive. So that people expect it. like a message that like straight away, don't they? That's it. Communication is everything. But back to your thing about automation. So if, if we take that example that I've just given you, and then all of a sudden I say, okay. There's a tool that enables you, um, like Dubsado, which is a, a business management tool, that enables somebody to fill in a form. Um, that sends them an automated reply with a welcome booklet in it that are uh, something that tells them these are the next steps of what's going to happen and that you will be in touch within 24 hours. That email 24 hours later goes out. You've not touched anything. It's gone. It's sent. It's got the name in it. It's got all the personal information in it, bits and pieces that they need. You know, maybe some qualifying questions that you want to send out to them. 
um, and off the back of the welcome booklet and proposal that you've put together, which has automatically been sent, they've decided they want to book. So they click accept, and then that triggers a contract and invoice. Amazing. You haven't done anything. And I guess all that takes is, you know, a few hours or however long it takes you to sit down and put all those processes in place. Correct. It's a one-time thing. So you do it once and then that's it. It's done forever. I mean, it needs tweaking as your business evolves. And yeah. Sometimes processes and things, services change, but for the most part, it's there, you know, you've, and you can have automated reminders off the back of that, that, you know, you can have payment plans and email chases for payment plans that haven't been paid. And it's just a system that, that does all of those things and you don't have to touch any of it. Like, even if they wanted to, like, you can put the call schedulers on Facebook, on Instagram, on your website, wherever you want to put them. And they have instant access to your calendar to book a call with you, set with certain parameters that you've pre-populated it with. And again, you haven't had to do anything. And off the back of that call scheduler, that can, again, trigger a series of emails in from to fill in pre-qualifying questionnaires or whatever it is that you want them to do ahead of you speaking to them. Yeah, uh, it sounds amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it's definitely more, more geared for sort of service-based businesses not always I could I mean there are automations in place that obviously for product based businesses I guess um yeah I suppose more auto more service-based businesses use it like I work with a lot of um events businesses coaches virtual assistants um that kind of thing but I also recently have worked um with somebody who owns like a pottery paint studio okay which is a bit more product-based. I suppose, do they do like classes and bookings like that? Yeah, they do do classes and things like that. Yeah, so um, product-based businesses can use it. Not so much, but they can use it. Even if it's for things like product-based businesses find these things particularly useful around Christmas time. Okay. You know, if you've got a specific season that you sell certain products in. Yeah. um, Set a system up... um, for a lady last year actually who had a, a jam making business that had gone crazy so and that she didn't want anything overly complicated all she wanted was um, a form which meant that they could order what they wanted in and for that to automatically send an invoice off the back of it so she didn't have to get involved she just made the order package it up and sent it out but like, so that was a very she wanted that for something very simple but that yeah. 34 pounds a month for something that was very simple was worth it to her because she got so much time back because she wasn't messing about with invoices and oh I bet you can just tick them off and move on with packaging everything up into a nice little boxes and shipping them out Mm -hmm. and that's the thing I know like you know a lot of creatives or a lot of businesses you know people go into it for for that love of what they're doing and struggle with sort of the tech side of things I I might relate to some of those people people (laughs) yeah so that's that's amazing and I think it's definitely something that's very much needed for people Mm -hmm. yeah I think so like I started off like I said I transitioned from being a virtual assistant um that did purely dubsado and crm setups 
and brought in the customer journey bit, like I said, because I spot, spotted this gap in the market. But it was kind of ended up being a byproduct of what I was doing as part of building these Dubsado systems anyway, because when you sit down with somebody to um, build automation for somebody's business and you start looking at workflows to put in place, you need to know what that person's business process is. Yeah. You know, like how do people first contact you? What's your next step from there? once you've had a call with them what do you do etc and then from there like you you kind of end up suggesting things or finding accidental like pinch points or um and so you naturally end up working them through yeah and helping somebody improve their customer journey so it kind of was became a bit of a, a cycle really whether I started with if I started with the systems then we ended up looking at the customer journey as a byproduct and okay. comes to me and wants to map out their customer journey because they want to offer like a you know like customer experience is really important to them because they want they want to stand out in a market you know if you're in the events industry and there's are you know hundreds of thousands of people mm. using wedding cakes or djing or whatever it is that you're doing you want to be different from all of the other djs and you know and if there isn't that much you can do on price point then the only other thing you can do is offer a level of service and experience that nobody else is offering yeah and that i suppose that customer service gives you the edge yeah over others that might possibly not be so great yeah it does It, it adds massive value um, like I said, I think research um, shows 86% of people will spend more to have an amazing customer journey. Wow. It doesn't surprise there. me. No. You said the amount of potential there to, to make more revenue as a business yeah. um, is huge. And But I think the thing that puts people off is that they think it's a massively time-consuming thing. Yes, which is why then the tools and systems underpinning your customer journey is so important because there's so much that you can take and automate and not have as a manual as part of your manual process, which frees you up to spend time giving additional value to your clients and really making a difference. Yeah. And I think especially if it's not something you're really comfortable with, like technology, I know a lot of people struggle. It's it can be really difficult to know what the right choice is. Like yeah. I'm currently trying to decide what platform I want to use for this website. And I think I've decided who I want to go with, but it's trying to look at them and work out if it does do everything I need. And then what's the price point like compared to another one that does a similar sort of thing. So it's that yeah. just when you don't really know, it's it sort of feels like a bit of a, a leap to take. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It can be so overwhelming. And I think um, people feel like we don't all have to be experts in everything. And I think a lot of us that when we're starting out in business, like we forget that. Like yeah. there's so much stuff that we all think that we should know or that we have to do or be really good at. Um, and you're only an expert in the things that you're an expert in, right? So Yeah, yeah no, to, I think that's true. You have to know like and be comfortable with taking advice from from other people that are experts in those areas yeah definitely it's it's, it's knowing our limits isn't it knowing yeah. what we can offer the best we can and then I mean you know being in business industry you get to meet lots of people 
And, you know, I know that if somebody came to me saying, oh, I really need somebody to help me with Dubsado, I, I know someone that can help. <laughs> I know someone that can help that. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's just like you said, it's having the contacts and it's knowing who to go to and, and not being afraid to ask for help. Like, yeah. There are so many people out there that will help you without ripping you off. Yes. Because <laughs> that's the other thing I find in this industry quite a lot is, is you've got to be, you've got to do your research and you've got to be smart with your money. Like there's people that want to charge you a lot of money and not offer a lot of service. And then there's people that will still charge you a lot of money, but they will offer you a service that, that lasts. And it, it, you know, we've all had those experiences in life. Yeah. It's not. Um, do you find it the opposite way though, as well? Like I've, helped people before and then I've had somebody tell me you should be charging for that and I'm like yeah but I'm I'm just sort of you know helping out a bit and then it's it's really it's really difficult it's like okay where do you draw the line and be like no okay I'm putting my business head on now and I'm charging for this and then oh I'm just helping out a friend or something it is really difficult like especially with your friends and your family like I find that really difficult um I'm still not very good at charging friends and family for things. <laughs> Maybe that's just a lesson about not doing business with friends and family. I don't know. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the other stuff, I'm getting a bit better. Um, but yeah, it, it is something that's difficult. Like there's, there's help to a point, isn't there? And then there's, um, and I think, I think, you know, though, you know, with yourself, like within yourself, like when you should have charged for something and when you shouldn't, or I do anyway, because if I get to a certain point um, and I should be charging for something and I'm still doing it for free, like I know in my gut that I should be charging for it yeah. because it's that point where you almost start to resent it. Yes. I find anyway. And if you're not like, if, I, if I'm not at that point where I resent it, like it's, um, I know it's something that I should be doing to just give value and be helpful. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Really good one. Um, if you could start all over again, is there anything you'd do differently? Oh, wow, that's a big question. <laughs> I want to say no, because I wouldn't have learned the lessons that I've learned. Yeah. You know, my gut instinct when you say that to me is to say, oh, there's so much I'd have done differently. Like I wouldn't have um, spent so much money on courses before I was ready for them. Um, right. Or if I go back and do the courses I'd have um, picked one course and maybe seen it um, through and committed to it in a way that um, I probably didn't with some of them Um, and um, what else might I have done Um, it's taken me a long time I think to be comfortable being myself Um, Mm -hmm. like I think when you talk about like doing lives and podcasts and social media and all of the rest of it there's this massive I certainly felt like this massive pressure to be a person that um other people expected me to be like oh what does my client want to see like what do they want to hear like what instead of just being myself yeah um I get that and I think a lot of people have that I don't I don't know whether I've ever ever thought oh I need to be what people expect me to be because I honestly don't know what I think people (laughs) expect me to be that's the problem right <laughs> but I completely I get the whole fear that oh no they're not going to like me or I'm not professional enough or things like that but then I think 
I got to the point where I was like, well, not everyone's going to like me. And I know that, you know, when, you know, for my other business and I do a craft fair and I get like a little old lady walk past me and sort of, "Mm, I don't like what she does. And you just, and you just know, but it's like, it's fine. You know, she's not my ideal client. It doesn't matter if she doesn't like the way I dress or like my products. So I think we just need to be comfortable, I suppose, with who we are. And I imagine we'll all still have times of, you know, that the doubt creeps in, but I don't think you can really change who you are significantly. No, but all, and you're 100% right. And all it did was make social media um, and posting and creating content really difficult because I had these expectations of what other people expected me to be. Um, And so it made the process really exhausting. So but no, back to your question. I don't think I would, having said all of those things, I don't think I would change any of it because I wouldn't, you know, out of all of the things that are bad and that we don't like, we mm. learn so much, right? And we grow. So Yeah, absolutely. And because obviously you were already in, you were doing like the same job, but for corporate, when you started this business, did you have it all set up straight away? You Did you get all those automations in place from the very beginning? Yes and no. Um, so to begin with, no, I just started running with it um, as a virtual assistant business. And then yeah. when the penny dropped and I realised that there was this gap in the market and that this is what I wanted to do, and I was very specific about what I wanted it to look like and the messaging that I wanted to give out, then yes. Then yeah. once I was clear on what I was delivering as a service, then setting up everything else became really easy Um, and I think that does happen doesn't it I think when when I started the course I recently completed I went in with one idea but then as time went on I came up with this whole other sort of element to what I want to do with my business and then things just started slotting into place so yeah like I said you know I still haven't got everything set up but I think once you sort of get that idea in your head and you're like, yeah, this is what I want to do, things start working. Yeah. It's like when the, there's that moment when the penny drops, and you're like, yeah, oh, okay, this is where it was going. Um, and it can be quite a process, can't it? Like it's oh yeah. Transitioning like from being a virtual assistant to then just doing dubsado setups and um other CRM setups and bits and pieces to then doing this whole customer journey thing has been like labor of love for a few years <laughs> come to me whilst I was asleep one night and I've definitely made some mistakes along the way and quit a couple of times and started again and <laughs> all of the bits and pieces but you you do what once you've figured it out it, it's very easy then to put your systems and bits and pieces in place I think and lots of other people would do it the other way around like there is you know a lot of people out there that are talking about, you know, you, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to get started. And that's right. I've said recently. Yeah. <laughs> and it's right. Um, You don't have to be perfect. You do just have to take action. But once you've got to that point where you're very clear on what you do, it's a lot easier to, I guess it was different for me. Like I want to teach people to create amazing customer journeys. Mm. So I had to spend some time in the back end of my business, making sure that my customer journey was yeah. decent. <laughs> because otherwise I wouldn't be very good at selling what I sell (laughs) no that's fair enough I suppose there are certain things like in your business that I suppose you've got to be you've got to have like nailed 
yeah it's uh, there's no good be it's no good being a salesperson if you're rubbish at sales is it like <laughs> it doesn't work <laughs> um do you think you faced any hurdles along the way yeah loads <laughs> <laughs> where do we start um hurdles that I've faced along the way well I guess we've just touched on one yeah um, social media and finding it difficult to be myself um public speaking um okay. is a fear of mine that's something I've always struggled with so doing podcasts and guest expert slots and all of those things mm. is, a, is definitely a way for me to push myself out of my comfort zone even now yeah um, you still won't see me live on Facebook very often no and that's a lie ever is what I mean ever <laughs> I've done a couple of lives and um it, it is difficult though it's I just feel so strange talking to myself or like yeah. even if people there like the because the conversation isn't two ways and I find it very strange but I'm sure I'll get over it one day I'll have to definitely I mean I'm getting I'm starting to get used to it don't I just still don't think I could get up in a room front of people in a room front of people in front of a room full of people I definitely don't think I could do that I'd like to say one day I'll be able to because I never thought I'd do a live I never thought I'd do a podcast but I'm doing them so yeah maybe one day I'll stand up there and isn't it strange like I would I am frightened of public speaking, but I'd much sooner you shoved me in front of a room full of people than gave me a camera and asked me to go live on Facebook. Oh my gosh. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I could. I always, I, know, I mean, I know, you know, I'm not 17 anymore, but I always remember when I applied to uni and I went to like the interviews and one of the, so I, I was, I wanted to do primary teaching. And one of the things was we had to like stand up in front of, the other applicants and do something role play maybe I can't remember exactly and I remember watching the other people and my whole body was shaking my legs were shaking my arms were shaking it was just horrendous mm. and I did not get into that uni <laughs> didn't get in there whether it was because I was just terrible or not I don't know but um there was yeah even um Oh, sorry I literally just clicked what you said thanks yeah. <laughs> um yeah even la this year when I went to a day in London and I remember I wanted to ask a question and my I was shaking I was so anxious but because I had that thought in my head that I wanted to ask a question I knew I wouldn't relax until I asked it so I forced myself to put my hand up and stand up in front of that room. And um, it was, it, I hated it, absolutely hated it. But I knew that feeling wouldn't yeah. go away. So I just had to do it. And sometimes it's being brave enough just to do it, isn't it? Like, and not worrying about, like, how it turns out. Like, yeah, because you'll, you'll learn from it every time. Exactly. And hopefully next time it'll be better. I'm sure it will. <laughs> <laughs> so are you good at planning your time? um yeah I think so I think um are you like a tech do you use a pen and paper at all are you completely like a tech girl bit of both so um I didn't used to be very good at planning my time mm. in fact I was terrible at it <laughs> um my husband's uh, ex-military and he would um he's very good with time oh I bet 
imagine having been in the military I am was terrible with it um I'd be lying if I said anything different still working in the corporate world and running a business alongside that means you have to get good at managing yeah. because well it, stress and burnout is what if I'm being honest with you is what caused me to get good at managing my time yeah because I was working all the hours God sent and um, oh, it wasn't healthy so I got better at managing my time um I use time blocking quite a bit mm-hmm. So I love a to-do list. That's where the paper comes in. Oh, I love a to-do list. Um, and um, I'm a massive fan of the Eisenhower Matrix. Okay, I don't think I've heard of that. So um, you just Google it. It comes mm. up. It's like a little quadrant. And um, it has important written at this side. And it has urgent written along the bottom. And then it's got four box- boxes in it. So yeah. if it's urgent and important, it needs dealing with first. Yes. If it's important but not urgent, then you need to schedule it. Yeah. Urgent but not important, you need to deal with it. Or you can potentially delegate it to somebody else. Yeah. Um, If it's not urgent or important, then chances are you can just... Think about another day. (laughs) Control or delete is where I was going. (laughs) Get rid of it. It's not you do. It's irrelevant. Um, I, I put my things in my quadrants and then I go into my calendar and I time block them out amazing I love that I'll have to look into that um do you do you work full-time for corporate yeah so do you think you've got a good work-life balance or um to your average person I probably don't have a good work-life balance yeah um because I do my 37 and a half hours and then I have a lot of stuff obviously that I do outside of to maintain running a business um but in your life in my life I think I have a good work-life balance now like I did I got to the point where I was overwhelmed I was burnt out I was stressed um so back then when I was VA in no the beauty of um, running a business now that's project-based is that I can take them as and when I want them Um, yeah you know if I'm having a particularly busy month I don't have to put clients in there if I don't want to like and eventually I'm hoping that the two the two worlds like will merge completely. Like I would like to continue to work with small business on the customer journey mapping and the tools and systems, but I would also like eventually to be able to consult back into corporate. Yeah. Um, but then that would just be my business and I won't have that 37 and a half hours yeah, a week. Amazing. So that's the end goal. Um but yeah, I get I get my most of my weekends um to myself now and I do um a couple of hours in the morning, a couple of hours in the evening. Um and then certain days of the week, I'm able to flex my calendar to yeah. do both, which is quite nice. Yeah. So yeah, for me, like in, I love my work, and I'm like I said, I'm a I'm a career girl. I'm, I've got no children. It's just me and my husband. So yeah, for me it works. But oh yeah, for for a lot of people, I realise thirty seven and a half hours <laughs> a week on top does not sound like a work life balance. <laughs> it's just di- it's just different, isn't it? It is. <laughs> do you have any top tips for time management um yeah well I think coincidentally we've just kind of um well yeah the covered them, we? but um I think if you're somebody who struggles to manage your time um the Eisenhower matrix is a is a really neat thing to do so you know sometimes we write a to-do list and it's not quite enough because you've got that many things on your to-do list you don't know what to do first yeah 
Um, so the Eisenhower matrix is good for that. Um, the snowball effect, if you don't want an Eisenhower matrix, is um, so the snowball effect is actually something that somebody taught me about finance um, once, which was, you know, like if you've got, you want to save up for something or you've got lots of little things that you want to pay off. Like if you pay the smallest off first, then you take that money and allocate it to the next thing. And it's like a, a snowball yeah. effect. And I kind of took that and applied it to time management in that, like, I got rid of all of those, like, if you, them two minute tasks that you just put off forever, like, you start by getting all of them off your to-do list, like, it, you usually find it shortens your to-do list in half. Really. Okay. That's like, it's funny, because some people say not to do that, don't they? Some people say start with the hardest task, because it's the one that you put off the longest. But I yeah. think I prefer the snowball method. <laughs> I just need to I half the time I just need to get going and once I'm in the zone I can keep going mm. but sometimes a big task like is is just too much for me like you know you've got a lot on your plate yeah but if you sat down for four hours looking at something you know you've got this massive task to do it just is too much sometimes for me to get started so I like that snowball yeah effect. and it gives us that bit of um um what is the word I'm looking for you know like ticking ticking it off like That's if I can do something it. Yeah, satisfaction, honestly, simple word. <laughs> Brain's not working already this week. <laughs> but yeah, just that, oh, I've ticked something off, I've done something. So, you know, what am I going to do next? Yeah, no, it, it definitely does work. Um, the other thing that I've just started doing really recently is, um, so I'm part of um, a mastermind at the moment, actually, which is amazing. Okay. Um, when we joined, the guy that runs a mastermind sent us all um, I Watch Eights oh so thank you for joining um there you go talk about great customer experience yeah um and it's actually really really well priced actually for a mastermind is it um, yeah that was me thinking oh my gosh then you know if you're getting enough an <laughs> like, it's like a thousand and pounds thousand and something pounds up front and then it's 400 pounds a month for as long as you want to stay okay value i get in there is really good but um anyway so he sent this iWatch eight and then um they were doing a live the other week about um some of the things that they use them for and they have a a habit tracker which you don't have to have the iWatch 8 for that you can download the habit tracker habit tracker app that was a mouthful um <laughs> on um any iPhone I suppose Android has something similar and you can literally plug in your day so you know like if you have this ideal day that everybody that coaches and everybody yeah. can get up at 5am and meditate journal run yeah read 10 books whatever it is that you do I'm not suggesting everybody gets up at 5am um but whatever your day looks like um and the things that you want to achieve whether it is going to the gym scheduling something for an hour you can plan it all into this habit tracker and uh, link it up with your iphone on your iwatch um and it will send you notifications like if oh. you want if not somebody who's very good at getting up from your desk um which I'm not I'm sure that won't surprise anybody um, <laughs> like I can put a thing in there that well, it says right I want to work for 90 minutes and then I want to get up and have a 15 minute break and it, an alarm will go off and tell me to get up and oh, have a break. good it takes you thinking away for you yeah um, which is quite cool so that's something that I'm trialing at the minute to help me manage my time a little bit better as well oh brilliant yeah, and it definitely sounds like that could be very helpful. Um, I know we touched on social media, but do, do you plan your social media? Yes. I think if you went and looked at my pages, it probably looks like I don't do a lot of social media, to be fair. Um, and it probably has been a little while again. 
but when I'm doing my social media, then I plan it. <laughs> um, I like to take podcasts and other bits. And, there's so many tools out there now that are great for producing content um, mm. off the back of podcasts and interviews and all kinds of stuff. I, um, which I'm running a masterclass about actually at the moment, but um, I like to take those now, break them all down into social media content clips and everything and just get them scheduled for as far in advance as I can. Yeah. Um, because I don't like it. So I don't want to spend every yeah. day thinking about it. So, and that is yeah. the best way to do it, isn't it? It's reusing, repurposing mm-hmm. like your, your big bit of content and making yeah. it into all the other bits bits of content yeah yes exactly that um I don't um yeah social media is a pet hate of mine but uh it's one of those necessary evils for business I think so it is it is it definitely is I I mean I love it but I do have struggles with it um so I, and I, I know lots of people have struggles with it so I completely understand that do you schedule yours um <laughs> I go through phases. Mm-hmm. I got into a really good habit at one point of scheduling mine. And then I think summer holidays happened and I sort of took the summer off. So I started reposting uh, last month when the kids went back to school. So I've got as far as posting a few things. I haven't got as far as planning as much as I would like to and scheduling it so I need to get I need to get back there and if I don't get back there soon it's going to be the blooming half term again (laughs) maybe just aim for planning stuff over half term and then you can hit the ground I love I love planning it that's I feel better when I've planned it and I know what I'm posting I feel a lot better it is it's just getting back into that routine so Mm -hmm. I will get there (laughs) and it's not the easiest thing to do it's not Okay, if I handed you £2,000 right now, what would you spend it on related to your business? Oh, so I can't say a holiday to the Maldives. No. Um, not that I'd get to the Maldives on £2,000. No, it's, I didn't give you very much money there, did I? <laughs> <laughs> well, not for that. Um, what would I spend it on right now? Um, I'm going to say PR. Okay. Because it's another form of marketing that I want to explore within my business that does again doesn't involve me posting on social media but would produce a lot of social media content for me perfect do you have any big plans or goals for the future um so I want to get to the point like I said where I'm consulting back into corporate that would be lovely Mm -hmm. Um, I also um would like I guess at some point to um, help mentor other women that work in the corporate arena. Okay. Um, There's a lot of, um, I think it's very difficult as a woman to negotiate having a corporate career and a family. Yeah. And, um, you know, and either way you look at that is whether you want to be a mom and have a career, which is fine. Whether you just want to have a career, that's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you want to have your career and then stop and just be a mom, like all of those things are fine. But you are definitely made to think about those things, I think. Definitely. I mean, I've never worked in corporate, um, so I don't, I can't even imagine. But 
I think being a woman's just difficult no matter what choices we want to make there's always someone out there wanting to judge yeah and I don't think um like don't get me wrong like I'm not in any way shape or form like anti-men it just I think a lot of it you know like sometimes we put on ourselves and like and that's not to say it isn't put on us from other places either um but like of my personal experience is mm-hmm. that you know my own self-belief has always been that I, I couldn't really succeed in a corporate career and have a child because I would be seen as automatically less capable once that had happened because my priorities yeah. were elsewhere um and maybe your priorities should, should be elsewhere but that's for the individual to decide I think yeah. and just help, helping women and people to negotiate that that space and decide what they want and be okay with whatever choice they make I think um yeah and I think it's really difficult because whether you know we want kids and have kids or don't we need to remember that we are us at the end of the day as well like we need to be happy with what we do and Mm -hmm. you know if that job is what makes you happy and what makes you you then it should be a priority and I'm not saying obviously it it's over your kids but it's it's still a priority and I don't think it needs to be it can be on like a a, a level par is that really like don't think I'm a terrible person for saying that a job should be as important as your kids but I think you should be as important as your kids and I know so so many of us always put our kids above us and we're sort of at the bottom of the pile but we should be on that same par so if it's a, a job that makes you happy, then I don't think it should be a negative. Yeah, I think it just is not having that judgment, isn't it? That judgment of yourself and that judgment from other people about, oh, well, you know, why hasn't she had kids? Like, you know, why do, or why do you have kids and not go to work? And like, mm. it, is, it is your choice and it, it's personal to the individual. And, um, you know, I can't, I can't tell you like how many people like, and every woman's had it. Yeah. Every man's had it, I suppose. But you know, oh, what are you having kids? Like, it's like oh, it's the it's an assumption, isn't it? And yeah. I know it's, it's... So, many, so many things wrong with the assumption, isn't there? Like, so yeah. it is. And I can't. I mean, I know, I know, I've done it before. You know, if someone's had a child or it's been a while, and you're like, oh, are you having any more? And so I know I've done it. So I, I don't want to be like yeah, a hypocrite. I think you know most people do but it is it's it's that's just something I think I'm more mindful of and not not to yeah not to say those things or not to have assumptions yeah but it's funny like because even now my answer's like oh not yet we'll see oh really yeah and I don't like it's finding that place isn't it and I'm not saying that this is my decision I don't because mm. otherwise people's bungalow will be listening to this he'll be like oh I didn't know we've decided that <laughs> um, I'm not saying this is my decision but it's um yeah it's getting to that place you know where you're comfortable enough to say actually um children aren't for me yeah but very few women will say that because society's perception of that is there must be something wrong with you yeah and it's a, such a shame it's yeah. such a shame and either way is fine whatever you want it is absolutely fine it just should be your choice absolutely and on that note <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go into our sorry I just like 
punched my hands together. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> Got all excited about the quick five five. Okay, let's do it. Okay, what is? No, not that question. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your biggest inspiration? Who is my biggest inspiration? Um, Steve Sims. Let's go with that because it's supposed to be quick. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> he, um, he's the guy who's mastermind a man. Um, okay. He um, used to own the biggest conscious company in the world, and now he coaches people in business um, and communication. Amazing. Perfect. Right. Your favourite business book? Uh, Bluefish in the Art of Think Making Things Happen, Steve Sims. <laughs> Perfect. Do I need to ask your favourite podcast? Oh, yeah, that's different. The Diary of a CEO. <laughs> Does Steve Sims have a podcast? Yeah, he does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, what is your guilty pleasure? Uh, crisps and dip. Oh, I love a crisp and dip. What's your favourite biscuit? Mm, chocolate hobnob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I come off the end of these and I'm like, I just want to go and eat all the snacks now and drink loads of tea. That's <laughs> exactly yeah. where I'm going. Yeah. Do you have one piece of advice that you'd give to somebody just starting out in business? Be yourself. Perfect. And let us know where we can find you. Uh, so you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Virtual Fixer. And my website is, um, what is it? The Virtual Fixer. I've got to go there. www. No, Sorry, we're laughing. We had a conversation about www dot and how no one really says it anymore. But I think I always say it as well. It's just, I don't know, it just seems like one of those things you have to say, www dot. No, then you get halfway through saying it and you're like, mm. I was going to give you my email address instead then. I was like, hey, no, it's not that. And it doesn't start www dot either. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming on today. I've absolutely loved talking to you and finding out about so many things that I had no idea about oh thank you thank you for having me it's been lovely <laughs> thank you for listening today um as always I will add Natalie's recommendations and all the details in the show notes and I will see you in the next one thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed it please consider subscribing to my channel and leaving me a lovely review. It would mean the absolute world. You can follow me on Instagram, find me at small.biz.society and come and join my Facebook group. We've got a lovely supportive community over there for women in business. And if you're a female entrepreneur and you'd like to come on here and have a lovely chat with me, send me a message, just reach out to me. My inbox is always open. Thank you so much again. And I will speak to you in the next one.